Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. Your one star podcast. I was like, all right, let's go get a one star with this episode. What are we going to say? It's going to, that's going to be very controversial. Oh my goodness. Well, I feel like this episode could be a tad controversial. I feel like this is definitely one of those, what's the word? Like this, these, I don't know, these really philosophical debates. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to talk today about this. I, I was, I was Googling a term for this because I don't really know if there is a term, but the closest thing I could find was orthorexia. But basically this idea, I've been seeing this a lot, a lot of friends of mine and people I follow who are getting into this non-toxic lifestyle. And I'm putting like finger quotes, this non-toxic lifestyle. So they're getting rid of all their products, their skincare products that have toxins. They're getting rid of all their hair care products. They're not using deodorant anymore that has, you know, aluminum in it. They're changing all their water filters. They're doing parasite cleanses. They're doing liver cleanses. They're doing gallbladder cleanses. But to the point where it almost becomes this obsession and this fear Mm. that there's toxins. And I think that I love the idea of reducing your toxic load. I love the idea of not putting bad things on your body and, and all of that. But to what point? And I looked up the definition of orthorexia, which is similar. It's really about healthy eating. But orthorexia says you might decide to drop whole categories of food like, for example, you might stop eating grains or foods with preservatives or gluten or sugar or any foods that don't seem healthy. So it's almost like this extreme healthy or clean eating. And I see a lot of people where it's not this, it's not an eating disorder characterized like anorexia where they stop eating or bulimia where they're purging, but it's, they only eat really, really healthy food. And like this definition says, maybe they don't eat any gluten and they drop it all, or or maybe it's even alcohol or just any quote bad foods. Like I'm just eating um, like milk that hasn't been pasteurized and just eating organic orange mm-hmm. juice that's fresh squeezed and I can't get, you know, regular orange juice from the store. So there's just, there's this level of being healthy and then there's this level of obsessively checking every label, reading everything, not letting your body touch certain things, not wearing certain um, types of clothing or fabrics to touch your body because there's toxins on there. And I feel like there's there needs to be a balance here because I don't know, I feel like we live in a toxic world and we're not going to be able to get away from all of it. And I think that we can really wreck our mental health when we're trying so hard to get rid of everything that's toxic yeah. in our world. And that's what's hard about a conversation like this is because like in general, this is a really good idea, right? Like in general, eating healthy is a really good idea. In general, like yes, trying to, you know, be more conscious about your home uh, cleaning products and your beauty products and your clothing and all those kind of stuff. Like to me, this is a, a great idea. I think as someone who has been really obsessed with food and exercise, to me, it sort of can feel like potentially for some people, 
the same shit, but a different outfit, right? It can be kind of be the same thing. And so when you're listening to this, don't take this to be like, and again, it always comes back to like, if this isn't about you, it's not about you. If you're listening to this and you're like, well, this is what I do and it works for me, then hey, then, you know, put your earmuffs on and this is not a conversation for you. I think this is a conversation for someone who is getting stressed out by this. And I think that's really what we're talking about is, I'm talking about two things. Number one, is the mental emotional toll that worrying about all of this stuff all the time is taking on you? Is that outweighing the health benefits of getting the stuff out of your house? You know, you have to kind of weigh that. And I know for me, I got to the point where like exercise wasn't healthy for me. Like my eating wasn't healthy for me because I was so obsessed with it. It was a full-time job. I was thinking about it constantly. And the second part of what I want to talk about is, is the fragility of this. And I know for me, I, I felt as though mm. when I was really wrapped up and I, I definitely had orthorexia for sure, when I was really wrapped up in my exercise and nutrition, every single choice felt so important. It felt so granular. It felt like so, uh, what's the word? Like, uh, I don't want to say like fragile, but like in a way it felt so momentous. Like, oh, this one thing is going to derail all my progress. And I think when you're talking about this kind of stuff, it can maybe get to the point where if you even expose yourself, it's like, I don't know, say you go over someone's house and they use like, you know, they use a toxic cleaner, cleaner that you would never use in your home. What are you going to not go to someone's house, you know, because they use that and it might be on the surfaces, you know, and it's your prerogative if you do. But I have to remind all of us that the body and our physiology is really fucking smart. And so when I say that it's a really fragile way of living, I, re- I want to remind all of us that our body like is very smart and especially around stuff like toxins, it has an innate like mechanism for taking toxins and getting it out of your blood system and getting it into, it, it stores itself in fat stores, but like that's its way of making sure that you're not retoxing your body all the time. Like, so for example, this is actually really interesting. One of the things that happens sometimes with some people is because the body's so great at quarantining the toxins into your fat cells is if you lose fat too fast or you uh, are someone who like really starts going to the sauna like every single day and you start doing these like massive detox protocols, you can actually repoison yourself by getting it back into the bloodstream when it was actually quarantined in your fat cells. So it's not to say don't like, you know, do sauna therapy and do, you know, contrast and do some of these things, but realize that you might have to supplement with something like a chelator. So like you're actually binding up those toxins when you do something like that. And so actually uh, Jade, my ex-husband, has a really great um, free training on sauna therapy and he talks about all of this. And so you guys can go to his website, I think it's jadetita.com and there's actually a free course you can do on all this kind of stuff. But I think partially is you have to realize like your body can handle this stuff. I mean, people have been around like generations before you have been using like Clorox and Comet and all this kind of shit and they're fine. And I think having a really myopic view of your health and realizing that like your body's that fragile, I think it could potentially lead to more stress. And sometimes like stress isn't just mental stress, right? Like stress on your body too. So which to say is more toxic, you know, the, 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 you know, physio- physiological stress or, you know, having a certain cleaner in your house or wearing a certain kind of pants. I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, you have to sort of pick and choose your battles, don't you? I love that you brought up both of those things. One, the stress of the thought of it versus the actual thing. Remember when I was getting out of 
kind of getting out of my obsession with food too. I was driving to the airport and I hadn't prepped my food ahead of time. And I remember kind of freaking out about that and realizing that if I, there was the only place I could stop was McDonald's and they had like those egg white English muffin things in the, for breakfast. I ended up getting one of those. And I remember my old, the old version of me would never eat anything from McDonald's, but I realized that eating that egg white McMuffin was actually better than the stress of not having anything, like not eating any food and being hungry for hours and hours till I could get something, quote, healthy enough, and to not have to think about it and obsess, of it, obsess about it and make the meal prep ahead of time. And then I also love what you said about fragility, because unfortunately, when we train our bodies to not accept any kind of toxins or any bacteria or anything, our bodies become less resilient and less resistant to those types of things. I was thinking about this. My friend is having a baby and she lives with her house near a road and she said it gets loud and just sometimes and she's worried about the baby waking up. And I said, you know, it's actually like my brother has six kids. So the younger kids, they were just around noise and noise and noise and noise, and they could sleep through anything. And I think when you're able to actually train yourself, whether it's sleeping through a noisy uh, traffic, whether it's being around people who are sick and being able to not get sick, whether it's being able to be around toxins and, and get rid of those, I think it's important to actually I don't know, put ourselves in those situations. So if you have a baby who is used to it being silent and there's no noise and then, I don't know, the Amazon truck comes and the door knocks and the baby wakes up and can't fall back asleep, that's a problem. So I think it's actually great that she lives near some traffic because that baby will probably sleep better than any other baby who is mm. in a completely sterile environment. And same thing with, you know, we were talking about the with the pandemic when that came along and everybody was quarantining and using all the sanitizer, hand sanitizer. It actually made our bodies more susceptible to infections and made our bodies more susceptible to getting sick because we weren't used to fighting off of those things anymore. So I don't know. I think when it comes to this, yes, I believe reduce your toxic load as much as possible. Like we don't want to be inhaling, you know, bleach while we're cleaning the bathroom or something stupid like that. But to the point of getting so obsessed, so stressed out about it to where you feel like you can't leave the house, you can't drink water unless it's pure and f double filtered and in a glass jar. Like those kind of things are great if you can do them, but to the point where you start freaking out, it's that's when I think it just And for some people, maybe they really can. And they're like, you know what? I have my, I work from home or we have chickens or we have, you know, we do this and it like works for us. I think where this can be a problem is for people who feel overwhelmed by all of this, right? Like at the end of the day, you know, you have a mom who is a full, mm -hmm. has a full-time job, who's, you know, raising three kids, who, uh, you know, is trying to do all the things at home. And now all of a sudden they're starting to feel like, am I not doing enough? And that's a massive stress of like, and the pressure that you can potentially put on yourself because you feel like, I remember uh, I had a client, I had a client, it's similar to this, I had a client years ago and one of her taglines was just eat the ketchup and I thought it was so funny because she was very much like, I hate cooking. She goes, but when you go to these mom groups on Facebook, it's like, here's a recipe for homemade ketchup. And she's like, why the fuck would I make homemade ketchup? Like I have three kids and I'm a full, I have a full-time job and I'm running a business. Like 
just eat the ketchup. Just get Heinz. It was like it was like so funny because it ended up being like this kind of joke where every every post is like hashtag Heinz and shit like this. So it's again, it's not that it's a bad idea. And if you have the capability, you have the mental, you know, space, the emotional space, and the environment that you can maintain and do all of these little tiny like non toxic lifestyle things, then great. Then this conversation not for you. This conversation is for the person who feels the pressure to do that. And it, but it doesn't work with their actual lifestyle. You know, I think at the end of the day, one of the things that we teach at Moderation 365 to help people through their their food neuroses is we help them discern what's a big dial mover versus what's a small dial mover. And so, for example, if you're not sleeping appropriately, if you're not eating vegetables and fruit and, you know, getting sufficient protein and lifting weights, then like, don't worry about your toxins yet. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, I think you have to at some point, especially if you are a grown ass adult with a, a bunch of shit on your plate not everything gets to be important and not everything gets to be the same level of importance. So I think always filter it through, am I doing the big things? Am I taking care of the big dial movers? And if I still have mental space for the smaller stuff, then awesome. Then those are cherries on top and that's great. But I think it's a mistake to pay, uh, to take finite mental energy and put it on all these small dial movers, especially if you're not doing the big things. And if you're doing all the big things, great. And you're doing all the small things, great. Then awesome. Mm. It sounds like you're doing what works for you. I think for a lot of us, there's a pressure to like, I'm not even sleeping appropriately. Now I got to get rid of all of these things and I'm not doing it right. And to me, I'm just like, focus on sleep, focus on exercising consistently, focus on, you know, eating vegetables first. And then once that stuff starts getting easy, maybe start trading out some of this stuff slowly. It's not going to happen overnight, but over maybe over time, you can start, you know, warming up to this. So it's not such a mental drain for you. I think this also comes down to fear and control. And what I hate is the fear mongering of, if you don't cancer. do all this, like yep. this is why everyone has right. cancer. This is why there's infertility. This is why everyone is is ill. And this is why all of these things are yep. happening. And and I know 18-year-olds who've died of cancer. I know a 15-year-old who died of lung cancer never smoked a cigarette in his life. I know so many people who have lived crazy lives, live, smoking cigarettes their entire life, never got the cancer. So unfortunately, it gives us a false a false feeling of control. And that's just the way some of this food stuff does too. It's this feeling like if I can just control my environment, control all these things, then I won't get cancer, then I won't die of of this disease or that disease. The reality is you could still die of those diseases. The reality is you could get hit by a truck tomorrow doing all of the right things and you miss out on the disease because you got in the wrong line in traffic or something. So I feel like the, I hate the fear mongering part because it also puts blame on people. Like nobody wants to hear, if you do get a cancer diagnosis, no one wants to hear, oh, well, were you drinking (laughs) out of plastic water bottles? God damn. Like, no, that's not going to make anyone feel, that doesn't, like, that doesn't make anyone feel good. You want to support someone with a diagnosis, not guilt them and make them feel bad about it. And the shit just happens. Shit happens. We live in a toxic society. So that fear isn't helpful. And if you do ever get a diagnosis, you're going to sit there blaming yourself and that's not helpful. So, you know, do your best, but like knock it off with the fear mongering. And it's really this false sense of control. You can't really control any of it. You can get sick. You can die. You can have infertility. You can have any of these things, even if you were doing, quote, all the right things and eating clean and doing all the things you're, quote, supposed to. So I just I find that it's really damaging also to our mental health when we feel like we have this 
this false sense of control and when we're pre- perpetuating the fear to everyone around us. It, right? Like you can never have, or like if you do that, you're definitely going to get cancer. Like, mm. yes, it's fear mongering and it's also like very absolute language. And to me, you know, we st- even started off this episode saying like, hey, this, this, if you're doing all of this stuff and it's not stressing you out, then awesome. This episode's not for you, right? Like we need to be able to have that nuanced conversation. And so, yeah, there's nothing that makes me tune out faster than definitive language if this, then that, you'll have cancer and you'll do this and you're getting toxins and like all these people like, and other these people like don't even know what toxins are sometimes, but they're like, you'll just have be toxic. And it's like, what? Like, and so, yeah, I would say if you're interested in something like this, find an expert who actually like understands the research and who can talk in what my, in what my estimation would be like gray language, not black and white language, but someone who's willing to uh, meet you where you're at. I think that's mm-hmm. the, the big thing too with some of this stuff is meet you where you're at and what you can do now. You know, I think that it's really smart to say, okay, yeah, like I think I'm ready for non-toxic skincare. Awesome. Make that decision because I feel like I'm doing everything else fairly well. I feel like I have my eating, my nutrition, my exercise online. I feel like I'm pretty good with that stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, I want to, over the course of the next six months, I'm going to slowly start bringing in more non-toxic beauty products and to start, you know, finding ones that really work for me and stuff. Like to me, if someone's recommending that, that makes a lot of sense to me. That feels very like doable and it also on your own pace and like whatever versus someone who's just like, if you're using that, you're going to get cancer. And it's like, or like, and to me, as soon as someone says that, I just, there's no credibility in my mind. Mm, so good. There's, there's definitely too much of that absolute language. I, I, I like yeah. to steer away from that just in anything. There's too much absolute language in a lot of areas. And again, we just had an episode on this on what's for you is for you or and like just ignore a lot of things online. A lot of things are meant to cause divisiveness, cause an, an argument or get the comments, get the likes, get the shares. And I think it's just very important to recognize where you fit into all this and what is doable for you. Like again, Having a non-toxic lifestyle, fantastic, but you're not everyone's going to be able mm-hmm. to leave the city mm-hmm. they live in, go live in the woods and not <laughs> not have anything. I, I remember I was reading something and actually Jill and I went to this event where this guy was talking about his water and he would hike to like a, a stream and get his own water from- He was this, like, it's not that hard. I yeah, like I travel, a, f- yeah. He was like, I, well, natural I spring travel source. for work and I just bring my <laughs> gallon jugs with me and I go to like a local stream- and like, and I was like, cool, <laughs> like, good for you. But the the idea that the average person could do that, I feel like when you're having these conversations, you sort of have to yes. have a little bit of humility, too, which is why, you know, when someone does go more like non-toxic, I like when they talk about their own story about it. To me, that makes a lot of sense. It gives me more context versus mm-hmm. just like, you should do this or else. I really think it also has to do with the way someone brings it up where they say, you know, I was someone who would like use all this junk and I would use like all this stuff and I was just really noticing this thing was happening. So for example, I have a client who has Hashimoto's and she has like a mold issue and she talks about her own experience. She's not like, oh, like you can't even like make, she's not like the mold police. She talks about her own experience with it. So to me, if you put some context and some humility around the uh, lesson that you're trying to convey, it gives you a lot more credibility because someone goes, oh, this person has been through that. Oh, I could see how, yeah, that was a struggle for them. Or it just gives some humanity to the argument versus just feeling like you're on a soapbox. I, I think no one receives information well when they feel like they're being pointed at or when they feel like someone's talking down to them or patronizing them or yelling at them. 
no one's ever really received well. So if you can add some humility, if you add some personal story to it, now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, that's a you're making a, a more compelling case to me about why I might also want to do this. And so at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, like, am I, uh, you know, if you're, some, are you evangelizing? Or are you gently nudging the people in your life to potentially look at this? That's two different ways of approaching it. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned the gray, the gray language, the gray area. So I was watching this webinar of a gal who was just talking about, you know, detoxifying. And she was basically saying, don't even bother doing a parasite cleanse or a liver cleanse if you haven't done the big things like Jill just mentioned. So if you're not already trying to eat relatively clean, if you're not moving, like there's other things you need to do before you go digging deep. And I loved that. And she, she did share something about water. She was talking about how tap water is terrible and has chlorine and all of this stuff in it. And she said, you know, a Brita water filter isn't going to be like the end all be all, but it's better than nothing. And then the best thing is to do is to get, you know, this expensive water filter in your house that costs thousands of dollars and not everybody could do that. Mm. So it's like, what can you do if you can't, if you can't afford a big water osmosis system in your entire house, then maybe you do Brita water filter. And yes, you might know it's not the best, but it's better than nothing. Or you're just drinking more water and it's tap water. Okay, but you're drinking water now and you weren't drinking water before. Like there's always a better than what you're doing now. And you can, as long as you're just trying to do better, you don't have to do the best. You don't have to eliminate everything because it's it just goes back to the mental stress, the mental bandwidth that it takes to remove everything in your life. And suddenly you're, I don't know, I feel like most people will throw in the towel, kind of like a diet. When you're on a strict diet and you're wanting to lose all this weight and you're not seeing results fast enough, then you're just like, forget it. I'm going to just do it all. So what are the baby steps you can take instead of just obsessing and making everything, making a drastic change to your entire lifestyle? You can do small things yep. and Love that. they'll add up yep, over that's time. That's such a great uh, piece of advice. And I think it's a good place to end this conversation. Um, thank you guys. We'd love for you to weigh in on this. I if you are it. someone who is living a toxic free lifestyle. I would love to know how you did it and um, you know, maybe how you started and if you have benefited from it, what sort of benefits you have had. And maybe you've done this in a way that hasn't been super inconvenient, right? That's kind of like who I would love to hear from is like, how can you make this? I don't know, like I've had I've tried stuff like natural deodorants and y'all, that shit doesn't work for me anyway. So if there's another if there's another natural deodorant that that you guys use that that works, I'm happy to 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 consider it. Um, but the shit has to work, right? Just like a cleaner has to work on your countertop. Like, <laughs> I mean, Comet, it's like $1. That shit is toxic as fuck, but it definitely gets a stain out. So um, I would love to hear what has worked for you guys. We could maybe talk about this in our closed Facebook group. Go to thebestlifepodcast.com and then click on the link to request to join our Facebook group. And we would love to see discussion in there. And as always, if you guys have things that you would love for us to talk on or and any sort of ideas or questions for us, you can always hit us up in the DMs at the Best Life Podcast on Instagram. And I'm excited because today's Monday. And are we doing hashtag meme Mondays every Monday now? Is that a thing? Yeah. Meme Mondays Woo-hoo, on the best life it. on Instagram. That's a great way to start off the, I was going to say, it's a, it My definitely day helps of the week. get over the Sunday scaries <laughs> if we know I have some memes to look forward to. All right, y'all. That is it for us. Thanks for listening as usual. Thanks for giving us a five-star rating on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.